Awesome. So we have uh, a nice surprise for you guys this morning. Um, a totally different way of doing the preach. As you guys know, we started a new series. We started last week. It's called Kingdom Resolutions. To give you some context, the framework is basically how not to set New Year's resolutions. Amen? We don't set New Year's resolutions and goals like the unsaved, like the people who are walking around in lack. There is a different way that reborn Christians are supposed to set resolutions. Amen? And we're going to take you through that. We, I explained last week, we have many different kinds of beliefs. We have core beliefs that are driving uh, other types of beliefs, which are bad beliefs, uh, um, limiting beliefs. Uh, how many of you guys know what I'm talking about? How many of you guys are experiencing some of that stuff? And what we do is, instead of going to learn how to change the belief that's keeping us in a cycle, we look to the external things, and we say, if we get the body this year, we get the car or the job or the studies done, our lives are going to change. Your performance level might change, but your heart ain't going to change until you get rid of that belief. Amen? What are some of the beliefs that we spoke about? A bad belief might be that a Christian is not allowed to be wealthy. That's a bad belief. It's a, that's an entirely bad belief. A limiting belief connected to your insecurities. Amen? Your self-worth, your self-value. That will always limit you. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive into the Word of God with Pastor Tasso this morning. He's going to take us through... Um, a pattern of, of ways of changing those beliefs. And then we're going to do an amazing illustration. We're going to get Pastor Bash up here. And he's literally going to become very vulnerable with you guys this morning because he's going to allow Pastor Tasso to take him and reenact what he went through when he had a very uh, limiting belief in his life. That, you know, basically I know what it is. I walked with him through it. So did Pastor Tasso at, at, towards the end. But... He's literally going to put all his dirty washing out here just for you this morning. Isn't that amazing? Give him a round of applause. So, you're literally going to have an illustration of how to take out a bad belief and put in a new one. Amen? We've got to get down to this stuff. Because if we don't do this stuff, nothing's changing. Turn to the person next to you say, today is the beginning of that cycle in your life. It's dying today. It's the beginning of its death. No death inside you, only life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Give him a round of applause. Come on, let's give Pastor Tasso a round of applause. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Are you excited to be here this morning? God is good all the time. Yes, He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. We always need to remember that. And uh, man, I'm, so, I'm just so glad that uh, we can have the opportunity today to be able to, to sort of illustrate and to help you guys uh, to see how things really and truly work inside of our hearts. Things that are hidden, things that are um, there and, and we actually are so fearful to go there because we think there is so much pain. And you're going to see today that's a deception. There is no pain there. Um, it's an illusion, actually. And uh, uh, because we've buried so many things for so many years, we think, well, uh, if I do go there, um, then I, I know it's going to be so painful. And uh, again, uh, that's what the heart does. That's what your, your, um, uh, your heart tells you. Remember, the, the, the function of the heart, when I talk about the heart, um, I'm talking about the essence of where you experience your sense of self, where you experience your motives, where you experience um, the beliefs that uh, Didi was talking about. So your, your heart's function is always to protect that image. It's always to protect that sense of self. And uh, unfortunately, if we have a bad sense of self-worth, then our heart does its work 
And all it does, it protects that bad sense of self that we have. And uh, unfortunately, again, it's not in line with who God says we are, what God says we have. And therefore, if it's not in line with all of those things, then we cannot, according to his design, we cannot align with life. So we have to learn how to um, find a way to overcome that. We have to find a way to be able to move beyond what we are experiencing. And what you're going to see today, once we locate those specific images within us, God has given us tools to be able to override them. When we feel, you know, like we, we heard depressed today, you know what actually it is? It's emotional insanity. When you're experiencing chaos in your, in, in your emotions and, and confusion, that's called emotional insanity. Why? Because you and I are supposed to be experiencing peace. So, as we're getting into the, the message and, and the series that we're looking of making instead of personal um, and, and selfish resolutions, here we are called to kingdom rev uh, resolutions. God is calling us specifically, and why do we need to take each and every aspect of his word seriously? Well, very easy, because once we believe the truth, then we align ourselves where life is. See, if you believe a lie about yourself, you cannot align yourself with what really God has created and how things should be functioned. So before we get into uh, this sort of skit that we're going to do, um, I'd like to read and to find out what peace really is. Now, when we go to the Word of God, we need to realize that where is peace first mentioned? And where it is first mentioned, that it becomes the model of how it should function from that point on. In other words, what the way we're going to read it, and the way God comes in and He says, Hi, I'm Jehovah Shalom in this situation. Because it's first reference, that's how it always is going to work for the rest of time. So I'm going to read to you a story from the book of Judges, chapter 6. And we find the children of Israel are at a specific point where they have entered the promised land, they've occupied it, and then because they had so much wealth, they had so much peace, they neglected where they were at and how God has already given them all of those blessings for them to experience at that time. They started forgetting. They started getting involved, in other words, with their cars, with their houses, you know, Chariots in those days who had the better chariot because they got it from uh, the, the nations. And also businesses in those days was vineyards. He says everything that you have here came for free. You didn't even work for this. All I told you is you just needed to follow me. It took two generations. The first generation didn't make it, but you guys came in. Because you believed my voice, you were confident that I was able to strengthen you, and therefore you went into the land, Canaan land, and you possessed what I've already promised you back in Egypt. Not only to you, but to Abraham, and specifically to Joseph, where he said, listen, when I die, I want you to take these bones, Joseph's bones, and bury me 400 years later, bury me in the promised land because that's where I am. That's what God has promised. That's where I'm supposed to be. So they get into the promised land. They experience the abundance. 
Maybe they had a gym there. Maybe they had good food. They ate organic. Everything was fantastic. Everything was working for them. But guess what? They started focusing on the benefits rather than the benefactor. They started focusing and getting their source now from external things that God had given rather than the person of God himself. And then we see a hundred years later in the book of Judges, the same people that conquered and possessed the land, suddenly they're finding themselves being conquered. And this is what I want to read. In um, Judges chapter 6, verse 1, it says here, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Now, that's what it's talking about, evil. Evil is not just the bad things that we do. Evil that he's talking about is putting our trust in things or people rather than God himself. That's how you become evil. And that's what they did. So the Lord delivered them into the land of Midian for seven years. So the Midianites come in. Now, when it uses the word he delivered them, simply it means that because they chose to be selfish, they chose to put their trust in chariots and horses rather than putting their trust in the name. And then we're going to see the name here. The name is himself, that he is peace. And this is a causative. In other words, it, was, it, it happened because that's the way it is. If you don't put your trust in me, you can't experience my strength. So you become weaker than the nations around you. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel because of the Midianites, the children of Israel, made for themselves, in verse 2, dens, and he says, notice, the caves. So suddenly, notice what happens. When I put my trust in stuff or in people, I run to caves. I become desperate because I'm depending on them. So the first thing that we see is desperation is taking place. Verse 3, so it was whenever Israel had sown, Midianites would come up and also the Amalekites and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, ox, and donkey, for they would come up with a livestock and their tents coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they will enter the land to destroy it. Now, let me tell you something. Today, all of those possessions are within you. The Amalekites and the Midianites are what you have put your trust in. If you believe today that in your heart, your self-image is not who you are in Christ, but is your low self-worth, then the Midianites, your Midianites, and your my Malachites come up, those emotions, desperation, that I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, that's your Midianites. And they come. Those emotions come. And notice what they do. They totally take the entire life of who you are in Jesus, what you have in God. And they destroy it. Today it is happening with it. You are. Today you are the nation of Israel. You as an individual. A chosen generation and royal priesthood. You are. So it's what's happening within you. It's not a nation anymore. It's not what's happening here in South Africa 
or in the States or in Europe or Russia and Ukraine. No, no, no. What's happening in me? The kingdom of God is within now. It's inside of me. So Israel was great impoverished because of the Midianites and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Notice, they cried to the Lord not because they trusted God in his names. No, they were desperate and they were in trouble. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites. Again, not because they're trusting him, but because of desperation. And they were feeling oppressed. That the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel who said to them, Thus says the Lord, God of Israel, I brought you, I brought you out of Egypt. Goes back and remember, listen, I brought you out. I've given you a new identity. I've given you my Holy Spirit that lives within you. I've given you him continuously that he, he will empower you. He will help you. He will stand with you, you as an individual, wherever you are going with the Lord. I brought you, says, out of Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. He, all he's saying, listen, why did you disconnect from me? I'm the same God who I was then, I'm going to be right now to you. And I delivered you out of the hand of Egypt, verse 9, and out of the hand of all the, of the oppressed, and drove them out before you, and gave you their land. And I also said, I, I said to you, I am the Lord your God, do not fear, notice, do not fear the gods of the Amorites, do not fear your depression, do not fear your you know, those negative emotions that are bowling over you. Don't fear them. In whose land now you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. That's the key here. You have not obeyed my voice. You haven't taken the time first to get to know me, to get to know my names. For us today to get to know what Christ has done for you on your behalf, and to be able daily to learn how to put your trust in it. And once you learn how to put your trust in my names and the finished work of Jesus, you will hear the voice because you have tuned yourself into that frequency to where the voice is speaking. I don't have to come and help you. You have to connect with me and you will hear my voice. That's where the help is. Remember, there's one nation today that God has called, and it's called the nation of Jesus. He is inviting each and every one to live in him. That's where acceptance is. That's where um, approval is. That's where um, the forgiveness of sins, the appeasement of wrath. I mean, it's all found in one nation called Jesus. And each and every one of us has to enter into it, not by knowledge, but by experience. Then we see from verse, and I'm not going to read it, from verse 11 all the way down to verse 24, there's a guy called Gideon. And he's hiding. And the Lord says to him, to Gideon, he says, come, he says, you mighty man of valor. You see, God never ever changes his view about you. It doesn't matter how you feel about you. Even if you are hiding, he can see Jesus who lives in you. And if you're going to connect, he's going to see that you are who he says you are. See, God never sees the present of how we see ourselves. He always sees us in who we are in Jesus. And he speaks those things that are not as though they are. So real peace can only be found when I decide experientially, not legally, not positionally, not because I'm born again. No, experientially. What do I do? I pray. How do I pray? I bound my depression and I lose his life in me. I bound my inadequacies, abound my loneliness, abound whatever it is at that moment I am experiencing and I lose 
his reality, and the result is always peace. See, now that's what we call kingdom resolutions. That's exactly what I told you now. Amen. So he goes to, through this whole thing um, about Gideon, and in verse 13, you see his God's views. He calls him um, because he was full of fear and, and uh, desperation. He was intimidated, and he, and he says, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Mighty woman of valor. How are you going to face this year? With this image, God says, mighty man and woman of valor. Verse 13, and Gideon said to him, oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? You see now, do you remember that book, why bad things happen to good people? Here it is. It was written back in the, the days of Gideon. Same, same question. And then he says, where are all his miracles? Notice the mindset. Get some anointed person to come and pray for me. Get someone to do something. Let's get a praying chain. A chain prayer, sorry, whatever it's called. Why do we do that? You see, it's the motive. The motive is, is because we want to get God to move. God is not going to move. He has already moved, and he says, listen, the peace is already in a space called Jesus. Are you willing to enter? Are you willing to experience it? Are you willing to be that? Right there and there, you don't need anybody to come and tell you anything or do anything because it's already yours. Thank you. It's already yours. Are you going to experience it? And that's what I, I want us to show today. Why don't we experience things? We're born again. We've been 30, 40 years in the Lord, and our life never seems to be changing. We seem to be doing exactly the same things and expecting different results. As though my extra prayer, my extra efforts is going to somehow move God. And notice what he says to Gideon, you need to see yourself the way I see you. And the minute Gideon saw himself that way, he was empowered. And notice, and I'm finishing with this, verse 24. So Gideon built an altar, because obviously they went and they defeated the Midianites, built an altar and called it the Lord Shalom which is the Lord is my peace. So peace is not going to come any other way into your life. There's only one way that it's designed for peace to come. Are you going to connect with him? Are you going to decide to experience him? And then while you're making that journey, don't think you're going to connect today and it's done. It's a journey. You have to keep connecting continuously because he's the source. So while I'm moving towards this journey and experiencing him, things are going to be coming up within me. Limiting beliefs, destructive beliefs, motives. In other words, why do I do the things that I do? There will be motives. I might be doing it because... I want to gain approval from people. I might be doing it because um, I need to measure up to something that I decided it's going to be success. I want to get God to do something for me. That's called legalism. See, so we've got all these motives inside of us that are running Remember those old LPs, those records? Hey, and you put the needle, and there's a groove, and it just keeps running. But you're not aware of it, because you're only aware of what's in your conscious mind. See, emotions buried alive never die. 
They were put away, yes, but they never die. So we've got those emotions, and then when they come up, guess what? We sit there and we pass judgments. And we say, I know why I'm feeling this way. Because I'm not good enough. I'm actually too stupid. Look at me. I've never had the education. I've never had the opportunities. I've and remember, all of those things, these are actually excuses that are coming up. That's all it is. Because your heart is protecting your current image of self. That's why. And God is saying, listen, don't worry about those things. Look to me. I'm the source. Every time they come up, remember, they are not real. They're real because you're experiencing them, but they are not real from a source. Why? Because you've died. You no longer live, but Christ lives in you. And therefore, you are who I say you are. You are victorious. Amen. Great. So we just want to show you um, this. How long ago did we do this? About. How's it, everyone? Oh, there we go. It's a bit loud. You can drop me if you can. Good morning. Everybody's good? Are we good? Having some fun this morning? Yeah. Uh, so the time is approaching, so please hang tight. This is the moment that, uh, yeah. Mel's spoken for all of you. We're just going to hoy. But this is the moment everyone's been waiting for, I guess. So this was about maybe four or five years ago, probably. Yeah. So, um, on, oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm going to take a seat. Diddy took the seats. Come on, give Pastor Diddy a round of applause. You always do that to people, so I do it to you, you know. He sings in the band, he prays for people, he carries chairs, he preaches the word, sweeps the floors. Servants, hey, that's how it goes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, uh, yeah, just some context. So what happened was, uh, we met, how many years ago, Tasso? Probably 2017, 16, somewhere there, when we, when we connected with Tasso? Probably, yeah, yeah. And I think at that point, the church was about three or four years old, you know, and we're going, we're preaching grace, everything's going lacquer, you know, we've got like five people every Sunday, man, it's, it's great, you know, we're doing the Lord's work. And uh, praise the Lord, we've come a bit of a way, hallelujah. <laughs> but um, yeah, we started connecting with him because I think it was JP, let us know, listen, there's this very good friend of mine, he's not very far from you guys. He's in the north. It was like 70Ks. He's not that far. But um, connect with him. He's, he's on the same message. You know, he's been preaching this thing since the 90s. Connect with him. So we connected with him, and immediately we knew, listen, this boat here, we got we to gotta do ministry together, you know. And then um, he started introducing these principles, you know, that you were talking about this morning. And uh, for me, we had like a session, like an online Zoom thing. We had a session, and you were breaking down these principles, you know. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, hey, wait a minute. This is, this is something very interesting because at that point in time, I mean, we started this ministry when I was, what, 24, I think? So we started a church 24. Um, I was newly qualified accountant, trying to make my way in the corporate world. So everything was like pretty high paced. You know, it was always busy. And Tasso starts talking about this internal piece and this... This, this person inside, the promises being fulfilled inside. And I'm like, wait a minute, but ministry, the corporate dream, you know, all this stuff. I thought it was all about, you know, these things. And he starts unpacking this stuff and uh, um, he explains that you can understand your motive for doing what you're doing. Right? Am I right in saying that? Yeah. You can understand your motive. So like you mentioned now, those things that uh, you don't know why you do them or all that stuff, you're like, I wish I knew why. Well, we're going to show you this morning that you can know why, right? And we're going to show you how when you find out, you become like Gideon and you establish in your own heart 
that the Lord is peace. All right? So some character context. Um, I was chasing the corporate dream. Didi's known me even before I, I think I, even before I finished studying, I think. Yeah, you've known me that long. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to make it. I'm going to be executive. I'm going to have the corner office. It's going to be lacquer, man. Don't worry. It's going to be sorted. You know, and Didi's like, uh. It's not that he had a problem with what I was saying. It's that in his heart, he could sense why I was saying it, right? And the thing for me was back then, the entire process was about this is what success looks like to me, right? This is how I become successful. Now, how many of you have a definition of success in your mind, right? How many of you have a definition of health, of beauty, of whatever it is? Each one of us have an image or a benchmark that we've been given through life. Are you with me? And the worst part is that every single one of us thinks that we've got the right one. Are you guys with me? <laughs> right? So we're going and then we're sitting in the session and Tasso's like, yeah, so you know, it's all internal now and everything and you can test. And he goes through these, the, the, these series of questions, you know, the first it was the yes and no, yep. you know, sort of test. And he goes, just ask yourself simple questions that you want to know what's in your heart. Because you see like there now in that scripture, even when they were saying, where is this God? Where are his miracles? Right? God didn't go anywhere. God didn't stop doing it. He, hadn't, he didn't change at all. But what they were experiencing was not necessarily in line with that. Are you guys with me? So I go through the motions. I'm like, oh, this is cool. I love this. Now, this is typically something very uh, overwhelming for people. Yep. You, you know what I'm saying? And I started with the questions. I'm like, do I believe that Jesus loves me? Boom, yes. I'm like, oh, of course, man, Jesus loves me. Do I believe this? And you know, all the easy, easy questions. And then I got to the, the more sensitive ones, you know. I asked the question to my own heart, the belief was, do I believe I am successful? Now, by my own standards, I'm doing well. Finished the degree, got the good job on my way. I'm senior management now. You know, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm hoing, you know. And, but the belief in my heart is that I'm not successful. And that shook me. And I was like, well, then what the heck am I doing? If, if I don't believe I'm successful, then what's going on? So I go one step further. Do I believe that I'm worthy of success? Mm. Shock and horror, the answer was no. Then I went even further. I don't know why I went down this rabbit hole of chaos. It's like I'm just shaking at the pillars of my entire life here. And I said, okay, do I believe that I'm called to ministry? Now, bear in mind, I've been preaching for four years already. We're going, the church is growing. We're seeing God change people's lives. They're getting the gospel. The Holy Spirit's moving. But the belief in my heart is that I'm not called. Now I'm like, excuse me? So I think I called you the day after. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, but what did you do to me? Listen, yeah, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Here's the story, and I think that's where we can pick up, you know, yeah. how, how we went. I don't know if there's anything you want to interpret from, um, from what I said there. Yeah, just be, uh, you know, <clears throat> always when, whenever... Uh, we need to become aware of what's happening internally, you know, in our hearts. So to be able to do that is to ask yourself a question, you know, why am I feeling the way I'm feeling and where do these feelings coming from? You know, always be aware internally. I mean, are these feelings and you say, in line with who God says I am? Yeah. So if it's, if it's not, then I'm falling short of the glory of God. Mm. I'm falling short of his view and his opinion of me. That's it. So always start with a yes and a no, but internally. Never, you know, when you feel something, never say, they made me feel this way. Nobody made you feel anything. They mashed a button within you, an emotion, and that emotion came up because maybe it was a judgment that you had made past. When someone does this or takes this action, they're doing it because. Exactly. See, so now you get into a situation and you suddenly see someone doing that. So now that judgment that you had passed, you're projecting them to them and you're saying, well, surely they're doing it exactly 
the same way, with the same motive, I would do it. Therefore, they are, and you put them in that box. Yeah. Therefore, they don't deserve mercy. They don't deserve love. They don't deserve this because they this. Mm. Yep. And the same thing we do to ourselves. The same, yeah, that's what I want to say. Yeah. 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 The same thing we do to ourselves. And the problem is the same thing we do to God. Because you go now, you read the word, and the judgments that you had, when you read the word, you pass it on to him. And you judge God that he's not good enough to get you where you're supposed to be or go. Do you see that? So this is why the the way we're interacting now is he, he had a definition of success. But then he found that, hold on, although I'm going towards the success, I'm not feeling worthy of it. So that's what I'm talking about, an image in your heart. Now, if you don't take care of the image and he had to carry on for the next seven, eight years, he would get sick. He would sabotage himself in whatever environment he would be in. Because when the opportunity came, his heart would say, sorry, you don't deserve this. You're not worthy of this. I need to bring you back to the image that I've got in my heart. I don't care what you think in your mind. So the first thing, that's what I'm saying, the first thing that we have to do is to be able to start changing the image. Now, and the way you do it is you need to have another image of you in Jesus. Yeah, yeah 100%. So, are you, are you guys following so far? Do you follow right? this? Are you guys following? Now, this is something that we always put at the end of our priority list, Okay. I'll be honest, I did as well. It's because what happens is that we are more sensitive to what we're physically or emotionally experiencing than we are to what's in our heart. Are you with me? So we would rather chase after or make sure we do things to hack the senses, right? Something important here. Sorry, I need to interrupt here. My apologies. Um, we, you see, every one of us has got a value system. So you think because you hear what success is, okay, that's where I want to go. But you might value relationships more than success. But you don't want to come to terms with it. In other words, you don't want to recognize that in your own heart. Yeah. That you value that. So while you're going towards success, or while you're going towards prosperity, or while you're going towards healing, whatever it is, you need to recognize what is my value system. Because my value will never allow me to go beyond my definitions. So value is very important when we make decisions. And this is why, above all else, the number one thing you need to value is people. That you will never sacrifice success the way the world is giving it to us by using people. You see, it will never allow you. Your heart will never allow you. So that happens... You know, when, when you're dealing with your own heart, mm-hmm. okay? So we're just hitting high points now, okay? Just yeah. to give you examples of how we dealt with success. Yeah. So I, I think, um, let, me, let me give you guys some insights. Just so that you can connect, you can understand this is real, you know, because I know that everyone here experiences the same signals. It may not be in the same environment, but it's the same signal because the, the mechanic is always the same. It's, it's the image that we were given or that we carry, that we hold to, versus the image that God is giving us in Christ. 
Okay, so the signals are always going to be the same. So what are the signals that I'm talking about? So um, any of you who, who know my journey, uh, who have worked with me, you know, um, got in there, you know, young, excited, flip, going to give my all. And you just run, you know, and I was running, I was running, and man, it was brilliant. I loved every moment of it. It was new discovery, it was learning, it was training, getting the freedom to implement things. You know that job satisfaction area, you know that, that story? So I was there and I was like, wow, this is cool, this is cool. And then all of a sudden, that value thing that you were talking about, I started feeling like, wait a minute, this thing's taking more than I'm willing to give more than I'm willing to give, right? And then internally I can feel like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm stretching, I'm under pressure. You guys know what I'm talking about? Anyone knows what that feels like, right? So I'm like, no, no, I'm gonna push through because on the back end of it, that's what I need to be successful. So I gotta pay the price. If this is what it takes, I'm, I'm gonna go for it, right? And I would, and as I was going up the ranks, I would sit in more senior meetings, you know, and all that stuff. But as much as I had the gifts, I had the training, the talent was there, the intelligence was there, everything was there, what was not there was the confidence. I would sit around people and I would never have the confidence that what I am doing, firstly, is right, secondly, is worth anything. You know what I'm talking about? I never had that confidence that this was enough. And eventually, year after year, this turned into this, like, hurricane spiral thing, and it just felt like I was switched off on autopilot just knowing that I need to get here. Anyone knows how to, what that feels like? Okay. Are you guys following? I'm trying to make this as real and practical so that you can connect with something that's happening in your life, right? Because if it's not practical, you can't use it. So going down this entire thing now, it, le it led into other things. Because now that confidence of not being successful, do you know what it affected? It affected my worth in relationships. I'm not a good son. I'm not a good pastor. I'm not a good friend. It affected romantic relationships. It affected everything because now I had no worth. Are you with me? Because there was this never-ending target that I was given that I could not reach. Are you guys with me? Is this making sense? Are you guys relating to this? Okay, right. So now, <clears throat> so now the relationship um, that, <coughs> that um, you are having, you know, with people becomes the most important thing. Remember, God gave you all the desires. The desire for success was given by God. Now, the only problem is when you're going to find ways that you um, defined because of what the world is giving you, yeah. their definitions, to become successful. That becomes a problem. Instead of saying, this is where I'm going, I'm putting this aside, and I'm going to walk with God because he says, when I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, this thing is going to come to me. See, we don't do that. We think, no, no, I need to fulfill that desire, and God, you must empower me according to my definition. Yeah. God says, no, that doesn't work that way. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Amen. Do not lean to your own understanding that you got it from the world system, because that's where your understanding came from. And in all your ways, what's my ways? Any direction that I'm going to take, I'm going to love people. I'm going to be a giver, emotionally being generous. In all your ways, whatever ways you're going to walk, I need to acknowledge him. Yeah. 100%. Okay, so that's very important. I cannot, whenever I deal with my heart, I've got all these desires, but I'm not going to go and fulfill them. It's not up to me to fulfill those desires. Right. It's up to me to walk in love. And that's how now, if you take that decision, you'll see what's going to be coming up within you and how to deal with that. 100%. 100%. You guys following? Right. Stay awake. We're almost there. Okay. This leads to something. All right. So anyway, we're having the conversation, which I was not happy about because, you know, as a man, you don't want to get soft and, you know, like vulnerable. Okay. 
a young man. Didi always tells me I look like 12 when I shave. Hopefully it's a bit better now. I don't know. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, this is my opportunity now. I have to deal with this thing. Tasso's there on the other side of the call. I'm like, okay, Tasso, this is happening. And he, he spoke about the exact same thing. Is that, listen, success is a desire God created you with. There is nothing evil about desire. What is evil is when desire is chosen to be fulfilled independent of God. That's where evil comes from. Are you with me, right? So you were create, we were created with all these desires. And Tasso says to me, he says, listen, desire is a need, right? I mean, desire. Success is a need. Agree? Food is a need. Purpose is a need. Love is a need, right? We all have these needs. And he said, success is a need. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And what does scripture tell us? It says that Jesus provides all our needs. What does Philippians say? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, this is the, 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 the part that tripped me up was that, wait a minute, for the first time now, I had to accept that my desire for success was not what I had defined it to be. Because what does scripture say? Scripture says that Jesus provides that need. Are you with me? So anyway, we're going on it. I start tearing up a bit. It was a bit hectic. Because <laughs> it was like deep, you know. And then the Holy Spirit actually showed through our discussion that this was a judgment or a belief that I carried since I was, was it 10? Yeah, 10 or 11 years old. 10 or 11 years old, guys. This is 14, 15 years later, right? Now, I'll, I'll give you the belief just so you have context because this is why when he says we need to be aware internally is because when we are not harmonizing with who God is, right? It's not sin. It's not the devil. It's not all the stuff. It's the value and the identity that we're carrying in here is producing, right, something that's different because it's not in line. So here's the judgment that I made. We had a, we had, I had a very tough upbringing. You know, it was, it was a bit of a hectic ride. If those of you who know, you know what it's like. And um, we, were, we weren't uh, great financially. You know, we had. I went to school. We had food to eat, clothes to wear, you know, all that sort of stuff. It was so hectic. Like, I got, uh, I got spending money every time I went and paid the bills. So, like, if, if the, like, the lights account was, like, 945 rand, my mom would give me 950 rand, and she's like, yeah, have an ice cream. But that was like the moment, you know? Um, and it was like that. And I was frustrated as a kid because you go to school and everyone's getting the latest stuff. Everyone's wearing the coolest shoes. You know, they're going out to movies and they're doing this and all that stuff, right? Everyone's still okay. Can I, have, can I close this, right? And I was frustrated. And we visited a family member down in Richards Bay, right? And he's, he was, he's, he's quite, he still is quite wealthy, you know? And as a child, frustrated like that, because of all this frustration, because I mean, I had to walk to school, walk home from school, you know, all that sort of stuff. We didn't have abundance where we could make plans, okay? And I was getting very frustrated because I just can't be a kid. I'm, I'm, I'm grown up now. I'm like, I'm paying bills. I'm looking after my younger siblings. I'm walking everywhere. I've got holes in my shoes. It's hectic, right? We go visit this family member, and I promise you, we get there, and there's this house. And I was like, yeah! This man is my family. Why can't he give me spending money? I don't understand. It's like this uncle I never knew I had, you know? I walk in, and then there's this car here, and then there's another car, and there's a house with a pool, and so many rooms and everything. And I kid you not, you know what I did in my heart? I asked the question. I was like, what does he do? You know? What, what is it? And my mom said, no, he's, he's actually a chartered accountant, you know? And in my heart, I know, oh, Indian chartered accountant. I know, wow. You know, wow. But in my heart, at that moment, I decided this is how I become successful. And you can ask my mom, from that age, everything I did was about becoming a CA, getting that corner office, and getting that M3. Right? Yes, indeed, with the M3. Okay, whatever. Right? And the Holy Spirit opened that up and said, This is when you made that judgment. But he did it when I accepted the word. When I accepted that Christ provides my needs. What does that mean? It means 
I'm not interested in how it looks. I trust that he will do it, right? When I accepted the word, he showed me and he says, Bosh, this is what you did. And in that moment, I promise you, I've never felt so delicate in my life. I've been through some stuff, but I've never felt so delicate in my life. I even told us, I'm like, does it thanks, bye. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, was, it was hectic. And he phones me in the morning, how's it, booty? I'm like, yeah, boot. how's it, man? He's like, listen, you're going to feel, you're going to feel a bit emotional, you know, um, over the next couple of days, you're going to feel very tender. Don't speak, don't act out to people, don't make decisions, just go through the process. Because you know what? That kind of work there, you can stop a habit. You can hold to a diet, you can hold to a gym workout. That thing is not affecting who you are. You see, when we're talking identity and value, we're going to that place that I spoke about now. We're going to that place and we're saying that, okay, Lord, what I've built my life on for the last 15 years, right now in this moment, I'm willing to rip it out and I'm willing to put you in that place. Yeah. So you want to talk about being a disciple. You want to talk about walking with Jesus. This is it. This is how we take hold of it. Yeah. You know, we go to, men go to business meetings, women obviously also, you know, the business people come together and then we're going to have a God-given strategy of how to make money. How do you know all this stuff? But the thing is this, is that have we checked first what is limiting us? Because you see, you don't need 10 steps. Yeah. You don't need five ways. You don't need 21 days or whatever. What you need is to sit down, accept the word, and from there, ask the Holy Spirit to begin the transformation. Are you guys with me? Everyone still awake? Now let me explain to you what it led to. Now, you would, remember you were talking about the value system. So if you value success more than relationships, right? If you value success more than relationships, or the other way around, whatever it is, however you've been programmed, right? Let me explain to you what this led to. So I accepted this, this thing. I'm like, Lord, wow. All of a sudden, I started having this peace. Because now, the demand to pay this price for success wasn't there. Because you know what happened? Is that internally now, it was real in my heart. I don't care what job I was in, how much money I had, who I was with. The belief in my heart is that Christ makes me successful. Mm. Are you with me? So now I'm going on this journey and I'm like, Lord, the life I've had, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of bad programming. Plenty. And as I'm going along, he starts unpacking. And you know what happened over the years because of that whole career story is that I started forming opinion about certain gifts and certain talents. Like if you were a creative person, you're a joke. Ugh, what a hippie. Oh my gosh. Someone tells me, yeah, I'm a graphic designer. I'm like, Ugh, get a real job, please. You know? Why? Because I had to defend my ego. I had to make what I'm doing important. So this is what happens on this journey. And now, <laughs> you're laughing because you know it's... <laughs> I'm going and I'm going and I'm going and I promise you as my heart is opening, God tells me, why are you rejecting yourself? And I said, what do you mean, Lord? He says, you are rejecting gifts that I've put in you. And you know where that rejection came from? That same judgment. Because if you are creative, then you're a certain way. If you are like this, then you're a certain way. So here God has created me he took the time to knit me together, to create me, but because of these bad judgments and these beliefs, because of experiences, I'm now rejecting who I am in him. Pastor Didi was there. You remember that whole journey, right? It was, it was insane. And I start going on this journey. I say, Lord, you know what? I'm going to lay it down. I'm not interested in what it looks like. I'm going to accept your word, and I'm going to trust you to finish in me what you started. Yeah. Are, you guys, are you guys understanding this morning? Are you seeing this process? Is it making sense? Does anyone have a question? Please, ask, please. The guru is here. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think, can you, yeah, sorry. Um, when you realized that you needed to obviously unpack all these emotions, how did you sort of go about it? Did you just meditate every day and sort of dig deep? Because to me, you know, you start realizing something, but how do you start trying to ascertain the root of the problem? And um, do you meditate? Do you, you know, you know what I'm saying? 
Very good. Good question. Yeah. So, you, you yeah, yeah, and 100%. So, very, very important question because if we don't know how, how do we do it, right? Right, now, very, very important. This is not a witch hunt to find out what's wrong with you. Yeah. The biblical principle is not change, it's transformation. What does that mean? It means life is flowing through you, and as the life is flowing through you, you are now becoming uh, uh, in harmony with the life. Right? Jesus gives an amazing parable about the wheat and the tares. Now he speaks about a field, which is your heart, right? And, he, and uh, um, the farmer went out and he planted wheat, right? And then at night, someone came and planted weeds in between, right? In the morning, when they, or later when they saw it coming up, they're like, oh no, we've got wheat and we've got tares. Master, what should we do? And he says, don't go and pick it out. Don't go and find them now because you might damage the wheat. But what did he say? He said, let it all grow in time, and in time you will see what is in line and what is not. Amen? Amen? So what are we supposed to do in the meantime? Is the first thing that we spoke about this morning is that you must harmonize to who God is and who you are in him. You see, you need to take the focus and your consciousness off your shortcomings, off your limitations, off your failures, your condemnation, your guilt. And by faith, you need to start shifting towards who you are in Jesus, in your heart. Yeah. And you know what's going to happen? Is that that internal awareness that Tasso was talking about, you are now going to start creating detectors to be like, but that's not who I am. You have a burst of anger, you'd be frustrated, or you, you know, all this sort of stuff, you will start developing to say, but that is not who I am. Where is this coming from? Yeah. And only at that point are you then in a position where you will open your heart for the Holy Spirit to take you on that journey. Amen. Yeah. That's exactly how it is. So the step would be as follows. <coughs> you go every day into, in your heart, and yes, you meditate. You meditate, okay, who is this new me? I can't deal with those emotions. I can't fix this person because that person is dead. So all I'm doing is I'm going today and I'm going to see myself who I am in Christ. I'm going to see and experience myself according to Jesus' definition, what it is to be righteous. That means to have the entire life of God. I, I can't get more life of him in me. So all I'm going to do is enter and just keep experiencing that outbursts of continuous life that he has that keeps creating overwhelming emotions inside of me because it's just so much life, you see? And that life that I keep experiencing for 10, 20, 30 minutes, it's coming to a point now, it's overflowing. It's overflowing. It's too much. Ah, so I've got life. Now that now life is translated into whatever the need is, healing. Oh, man, it's overflowing this life. Let it go in, inside my body. That's healing. Oh, man, this life is prosperity, is abundance. I'm going to let it flow today wherever I'm going to go. Okay? So as you keep doing the names of God through what Jesus has done, because remember, you are hid in Christ, in God. You've got to see yourself. So you enter into him, and you go right into the throne of God, and inside God, and you're sitting inside Jesus, in God, and you're just experiencing all that he is. See? And now those emotions, as they keep coming up, you can actually deal with them. You can say, you might not know the origin. Sometimes you don't even have to know the origin. Because remember, you're transforming to the image. You're not trying to change yourself. So as you keep daily doing this, you're not taking time. Even during the day, you just, oh man, I just want to go reconnect with that, what I experienced this morning. So you take this five minutes, boom, and you close your eyes and you reconnect. And suddenly flooding of emotions of what you experience just keep coming up so when i get into this meeting when i see my wife or my husband the kids or wherever i'm going to meet my friends i'm going to be overflowing and out of that that's what i'm going to give so it doesn't matter how that person is feeling and how they're going to act towards me or react whatever the case may be i'm experiencing something before i get there you see 
And because I'm experiencing something that I spend with Jesus, I'm overflowing. So I'm a giver suddenly. I'm not a taker. I didn't get into the relationship. I didn't get into the business. I didn't get into anything to get. I'm here to give what I experience in Jesus. So you do that daily. You're going to deal with all those emotions. And even if you don't know the definitions, you don't have to know. Because you are experiencing this who you are in Christ, suddenly the definitions are going to be, keep changing within you. 100%. 100%. Do you see that? Amen. Amen. Is everyone okay? Can we give God a praise? Amen. That's why, guys, you know, when we say spend time with God, it's not a hippie moment for you. It's this. Spend time with God to harmonize your heart with him. Amen. And like Didi said last time, uh, don't read your Bible. Doesn't mean you never read your Bible. But before you read your Bible, you know what you do? Just go and experience God first. Whenever there is a problem and you say, okay, I need to go read the word now. Or I need to go pray the way they taught me how to pray. Don't do it. First go into your heart, experience God, then read the word. Or else it becomes an excuse. Instead of the word of God becoming a bridge to God, it becomes a wall for you not to experience him. Amen. God is good. Amen. Awesome. This is step, this is part one. We're going to go into a six-part series. Next week, I'm going to share something that changed in my life. How I got transformed from a bad belief that caused me to lose businesses, caused me to have uh, broken relationships. It was crazy stuff. And it was playing like that record underneath in my life the whole time. And it was just sabotaging every opportunity that came up in my life. And I didn't know why. I got so frustrated. I started getting anxious. I got depressed. I eventually had a nervous breakdown. And I didn't know why. I'm not going to tell you now. I'll tell you next week. Amen. But you guys have got to come and you've got to bring friends. And we're going to show you. This is so simple. God has done such a complete work. We just need to step into it. Amen. You've got to throw out all the religion, throw out all the Christianity that you know. Throw out all the institutional thinking. Don't come here going, well, I'm a Methodist. I want to hear what Pastor Didi has to say. I'm a Baptist. Let's go hear what Tasso has to No. Take all that stuff. Throw it away. It hasn't got you anywhere anyway. Amen? Come here with an open heart. Come here with a mind that is ready to be filled and allow God to teach you something new and watch how you get results in your life. Amen? It's never too late. I don't care if you're 80 years old. You can still walk into the peace that Jesus paid for. Amen? And you know, you got the peace, you get everything. So why don't we close our eyes, everybody? Right now, just because you've been hearing this word, some of those things are coming up in your spirit right now. Some of them are popping up there. Listen carefully. The Holy Spirit is showing you. He's showing you. This is happening because of this. This is happening. You know why that's happening just like randomly? It's because your heart is open. It's because we worshiped and we entered into his presence. Now your heart is open for the first time in a long time because you're so busy doing your stuff at work. You're so, so busy trying to build your life and your business and, and your everything else. Right now, your heart got opened this morning and those little things are popping up. Take note, take note. Your father's trying to show you. He's trying to heal you. He wants you to transform. It might be a bad belief like Bash had of what you think success actually is. And he doesn't want you to drive, drive, drive into that thing. He wants to give you a new sense of success, a new direction before it hurts you, before it starts to steal from you, your health, your relationships, your marriage. You might be pushing and pushing and pushing, thinking that this is what God wants and he might want something totally different or have something totally different for you. Amen? Right there, what is he showing you? Take it down, put it on your phone. Go and spend some time. Do you know what prayer actually means? Prayer means to judge, reconcile, and send away. So every thought, every emotion needs to be judged by you. You reconcile it back to the cross, who you are in Jesus, and then you send it away and you replace it with the promise of God of who God says you are. 
That's how you renew your heart. But you've got to do that work inside you. You've got to take the needle off the record and push stop. Amen? Some people, some kids in, or young folk in this house are like, what the heck is he talking about? A record with a needle. <laughs> are you guys hearing it? Are you hearing what the Holy Spirit's telling you? Listen carefully. Your heart is open right now. He's dropping certain nuggets. He's going this. See that there? See that emotion? See why you, you're always stuck in that emotion? It's because of this. Just listen. This is the beauty of being in His presence with an open heart. He is so good to us. He is so good to us. Just let it go. You're allowed to go in that heart. You're allowed to go see those things. Because remember, that's not who you are. You are not your behavior. You are a redeemed soul. Amen. Don't be scared of how ugly it is in there. You're not ugly. You're actually beautiful. Write it down. Don't let it go. Don't just think to yourself, I'll deal with it when I get home. You'll forget how you're feeling about it right now. By the time you get home, you will forget what you are feeling about this very thing in your heart right now. And then you won't have the... the the proper context to deal with it write it down now write down what you're feeling make a note of it and then you meditate on it this this week and next week we're going to take you into the next level of this thing this is what's going to change your life not a new diet or a new gym contract or a new job these are the things that will change you in your children's lives Thank you, Jesus. Give God a big round of applause. Awesome. I know we ran over today, guys. It's usually quarter past nine to quarter past 11, but it's already half past. God is good. Did you guys get something? Amen. Do you know that there's so much more, eh? So much more. Please have the courage to just invite someone. You never know what happens in a moment like this, in an environment like this, how their lives can change forever. Amen. Come on. They are his baby as much as you are. Amen. Awesome. Would you like to close in prayer? Okay. Well, let, let me, I think I'll close, but let me just pray a blessing over you guys. Close your eyes, everybody. Father God, I thank you that the life that is residing inside of each and every one of your children this morning is starting to brim up. It's starting to wash over their feelings, washing over their thoughts. The life that you have put inside them through the power of the Holy Spirit is starting to renew them. They're going to walk out here this morning knowing that they are giants. They are victorious. They are not defeated. doesn't matter what their feelings say. doesn't matter what their circumstance says to them. But they are children of God, truly, truly successful in who they are in you this morning. Thank you, Lord, that that will translate into their conversation at work this week. It'll translate in how they look at their bank balance. It'll translate how they look at their body. It'll translate into every sphere of their life. And the life then that's in them will begin to heal, transform, change all those things in Jesus' mighty name. Go out and be the light. Amen? Amen. Give him a big round of applause.